when we were in Wisconsin, I tried one year to put lights on the house. We had a double two-story house in Wisconsin. This is a typical day. So you have ice all over your roof. And when you do it one year, you put lights all over your house, then your family expects it every year. And I thought, no, I just did that last year. And I said, you've got you've to get up there and get those. The kids are coming home. They've got, they want to drive in and see the house all lit up. So I waited and waited until we had a big snowstorm, ice storm, and she said, you need to get up there. I said, I'm not going up there. I'll have one of the boys go up there. She said, I'm not letting our boys go up there. (laughs) They don't have the same kind of insurance policy. This year, I got one of those $14 lights that you can put in front of your house and shine all the colors on it. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, I'm sure you have got into, if you're not into the spirit, at least the activity of being ready for Christmas and decorating and music, and we've got Mannheim Steamroller and Kenny G and Bing Crosby and all the other, you know, Messiah, of course, on Sunday morning, uh, and preparing for Christmas. And and on Tuesday morning, we'd started out, I said, you want to put some music on? And we're sort of playing music. I went back to my study, and I'm studying away, and then we get a phone call. And um, I knew something was wrong because I, in, in 35 years of marriage, I've maybe once or twice heard my wife cry like that and weep like that. And it was her sister and calling from Columbia, South Carolina, and she just said, Chet is dead. Well, Chet's my nephew and our nephew. Uh, he was ring bearer in our wedding. He's 38 years old. He's a very handsome young man. And uh, apparently on Tuesday morning, he had uh, he had chronic pain with his back. He had stenosis, discs crushed. Those of you that have had back pain understand that. He also had an infection going on that they could not operate on. And just unbearable, intolerable pain that Chet was going through. And so he has on a number of prescription drugs The Fast acting, slow release, and and uh, he had taken some, and um, realized he wasn't feeling right, and he tried texting his mom. She was at a Bible study, and uh, by the time she got the text and uh, got home, she found him on the kitchen floor dead. Now, I don't think there's any pain like losing a child. I mean, there are a lot of things that you can experience. And uh, and immediately after that, she called Diane. So Diane was just getting that phone call that Chet was dead. Um, my, my response then just to hold my wife and think, I just can't, can't believe this. And I, I would, Chet didn't take his life. He wasn't uh, not do that. There's something something happened. He was, but he's gone. And it's during Christmas. We walked into their house uh, Thursday. We got there, and uh, their house is all decorated. It, it was all decorated for Christmas. And uh, their son is gone. And it, my my first thought was, this is a terrible time for this to happen. Uh, because it's can always, it'll always be tied to Christmas. It'll it'll be impossible for them as long as they live on the face of this earth to to separate Christmas from 
from that experience of losing their son. And so we, um, Bill and Vicki, Bill, her husband, Vicki's uh, nine sister's husband, pastors a large church in uh, Columbia. And uh, but they asked me, Matt, we want you to do the funeral. And my first thought was, I can't, I can't do that. I was really close to Chet. Spent a lot of time with Chet. Um, I thought, I can't do this. And I thought, I have to do this. I, I need to do this. And I want to do this. And so that's what uh, we were doing yesterday morning. And I can tell you this, that it was incredibly painful, hard, but, and yet, glorious. And you say, how are you going to tie this into the Christmas message? It's exactly what I'm going to do, because some Christmases have pain. Some things that we should uh, think, everything about it is wonderful. But I know that this will be the first Christmas or second Christmas where you're without a loved one, or without a spouse, without a family member. There are things that go on in our lives that are painful. This happens to Christians. And, and you'd like to say, well, I just trust God, and someday, you know, well, Chet's in heaven. Praise the Lord. You know, that's great, and that's true, and that's wonderful. And I say that, but that doesn't take away all the thoughts, the memories, the, the things that you go through. So the text that I want to take us to, interesting enough, was about three weeks ago. I I read this verse, and I thought, wow, this is an incredible verse. (laughs) And it's like God saved it for this very time. It's 2 Corinthians one twenty, says this, For all the promises of God find their yes in him. All the promises of God find their yes in him. And that means Christ. And it goes on to say, that is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. Do you know how many promises God has given to us? In fact, when you take a look at your Bible, it is filled with the promises of God. On Friday, we went over to Bill and Vicki's house and all the siblings and Diane and I were sitting in a circle and people had sent notes and cards and they had verses in them. And so we decided we're just going to go around and read these verses. And we did that for for about an hour, just reading verses. And you won't believe what that did for our hearts. All of the promises of God. Chet, when I think of this, 38 years old, handsome, young. Every, every time we go somewhere, girls would be handing them their phone number. <laughs> he's, he's still single. But here's what I know is true about Chet. He was, known of, he was known by God. He was loved by God. He was chosen in Christ He was created in God's image. He was named by his creator. He was called to life. He was regenerated by the Spirit. He was washed in the blood of Christ and cleansed from all of his sin. He was justified before the sovereign judge. He was sealed and secured by the Holy Spirit. He was adopted into God's family. 
He was approved of God, received into glory, and today he is at home with the Lord forever and ever and ever. Now, I know that. How do I know that? Because that's what God tells me. I read this. But you know what? It's When I take God's word, it's so filled with encouraging truth that, that gives me hope in the midst of a hopeless situation. But I think a lot of times our, our promise book remains shut and we don't really take those promises and say, to, and I, I, th- I do this with God sometimes, I say, Lord, you said it right here. <laughs> I said, you said it right here. That's what he wants us to do. Did you know this year people give gift cards? Now we go and you know you try to go you know like go over to Chili's and you you can buy a hundred dollars and get you know get a twenty or twenty dollars extra you buy so so it's kind of like you get something back too. <laughs> we we spend gift cards this year in America, a billion dollars worth of gift cards will go unredeemed. In one year, a billion dollars of people that have those cards, they stick in the drawer, stick in their wallet, stick in the glove compartment, and they don't cash them in. A billion dollars. And I would say that that is typical of what we'd find of, our, of the church, of, of believers. If, if we have a billion dollars worth of promises that God has given to us, that we don't cash in we don't claim we don't recognize before the lord now when god gives you a promise in other words you have we need to help with the mic or is that we're going to go no mic okay that's fine you guys can hear me okay the uh when, when you think of a promise that you teach your children you think of all those kids up here you're going to you're going to you're going to teach them. There's a little prayer. God is great. God is okay. Now that that to me is the greatest theology in all the world. God's great. God's good. Now, how do you think vid? Now I'm sharing I'm sharing real time events with you right now. Okay. And I look past, past over the last five years of my life, I start to see, you know what, if I get hurt, if I get offended, I feel a certain way, you know what, I just know that that's the way I feel. I'm not, I'm not going to live how I feel. I'm going to live what I know is true. Amen? Amen. Okay? Now, I know that's right. I'm not going to live by the way I feel. But So it's almost like I just don't deal with it. But the problem is it keeps coming back. It keeps coming back. Keep feeling it. Keep feeling it. And then I start to realize, Matt, God has given you this pain to move you to me. So don't ignore it. Don't just push it aside. Don't just say, I believe the truth and move on and not deal with it. Here's what he wants me to do. Face my pain with the promises of God. Face the pain with the promises of God. You don't ignore it. You don't suppress it. You don't just move on. 
Because when you, when you just move on and say, well, bless God, I know God's sovereign, I know God's good, I know all this, I just, I just I keep, keep putting it back, what happens is you begin to grow resentful. You become a resentful person. You become angry. It's stirring up because it's never gotten resolved. So I, my challenge to you is the same challenge to myself is this, face your pain with the promises of God, and look for what God is doing through it. He's showing you things about yourself. He's showing you things about the situation. He's showing you things about what He's doing in the larger scheme. Face your pain with the promises of God and with the relationships He's given to you. Now, This is something that I've kind of added in here. You say, how can you okay, face my pain with the promises of God and with the relationships God has given to me? Did you know that God has made us relational people? And part of a healing process from hurt and pain is with people because we're a body. You read about this in, in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans chapter 12, that we need each other. It's like family. Now, for me to be open and honest about the pain that I feel with someone else takes a degree of vulnerability and risk, doesn't it? Which a lot of times we don't like to do because if we've been hurt before, we don't want to open up. But if I never open up with God, if I never open up with other believers, if I never really deal with the pain, what God is teaching me, what God is showing me, what God is working, I never really find the healing. And James says this, confess your faults one to another, brethren, and pray for one another that you may be healed. So in other words, the openness, the transparency, the helping of people is one of the best things that ever happens to us. So take a closer look and allow God to accomplish His work in your life through that pain. Remember the verse that I said, it says that all the promises of God are confirmed, yes, in Christ. It is Jesus Christ that makes it possible for you to realize this promise. It is in Christ. You know, I've, I've been around a lot of religious people in my life, uh, very polished, professional Christians. You know what I'm talking about? In fact, when you get around a lot of, I go to preacher's conference, hey, brother so-and-so, and hey, brother so-and-so, uh, sorry, how you doing today? Bless God. How you doing? Doing great. Praise God. And uh, it's a wall, superficial wall, to hide their pain. It won't last. You know what I loved about Chet? I'll tell you what I loved about Chet. Chet would say, Uncle Matt, this life is hard. (laughs) We would talk about spiritual warfare like Craig preached on. We talk about Romans 7 where, where Paul said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Chet said, Uncle Matt, that's the way I feel. He talked about the thorn in the flesh that Paul had. He talks about his sickness and and his back pain and, and his wanting to quit. Chet was very open and honest and transparent. And you know what? 
One of my sons said to me, they're listening to the service, and, and, and Chet had his flaws. You know, he, he, he's, he wasn't a perfect guy. He said, Dad, Chet was more real than those preachers. And I'll and I tell, tell you what is meant by that is because he's just honest about the struggle, just honest about the pain, just on about, honest about what I'm trying to get through. You know, it doesn't sound real spiritual to say I'm hurting or I'm angry at God or I question God or I'm doubting my faith. That doesn't sound very spiritual, but it's getting real. It's expressing the pain, dealing with the pain, working through that. Christ will not be able to work in your life until you recognize the pain. You know, when you go to a doctor and you've got this terrible pain in your side, you don't just say, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Now, my my father-in-law, he's a doctor. He says, people come in and tell him everything. (laughs) He said, I have a lot easier time than you do as a pastor, he said, because people, they trust me. They trust me. But if I've got a pain in my side, I'm going to tell them all about my pain, everything about it, everything I'm feeling. Why do I do that? Because I'm looking for a solution. And I'm going to someone who I feel will help me resolve the pain and bring healing. But, but if I'm hurting and I say, you know what, Doc, I'm feeling really good today. Never felt better. Then pay your bill and go home. Now, we don't do that with physical, medical doctors. We do that with the spiritual doctor, Jesus, though, don't we? And with other believers. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. If you're not doing fine... Now, I'm not saying that you go around and spill your guts to everybody you see in the street. I'm not saying that. You certainly spill your guts to God and to those that you trust and you regard as spiritual help and influence and encouragement to you. Don't ignore the pain. The pain's a gift from God. The pain's out of the love of God. You recognize the pain, you're in touch with the healing process, and you face your pain with the promises of God and healthy relationships. All of these promises have been confirmed in Christ and resound to the glory of God. What is our response? Now, in conclusion, you may say, what does this sermon have to do with Christmas? (laughs) I think it has everything because you know what? Pain happens at Christmas. Do you know that uh, Chet, he said to me, Uncle Matt, he said, I can't wait to get to heaven. I can't wait to get to heaven right now. I'm not tempted anymore. You know, because he, he'd struggle with stuff. He said, I'm not tempted anymore to do this or that, and, I'm not, and I don't have all this pain in my back. I just can't wait to get to heaven. But, but he's always anticipating that. Did you know that the birth of Christ was anticipated for about 4,000 years? All through Scripture, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. When is he coming? He's coming, he's coming. 
And then one day he came. Then one day he came. In Luke 2 it says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, common people, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you that you will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. But here's a part. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. All of the hope, all of the anticipation was finally realized. Hallelujah. And that's why at the end of this verse, it says all the promises of God find their yes in him. And that is why through him we resound amen to the glory of God. The result is when the promise is realized. And I thought, what was it like for Chet when he opened his eyes? He closed his eyes on earth. He opened his eyes in heaven. What was it like? I mean, it was glorious because he finally realized all that he'd hoped for. Folks, we can't see heaven. Chet couldn't see heaven, but now he does. We will see that. God's word and God's promises are your mainstay to help you through the temporal pain. And someday, his word is said, you know, another promise, he is coming back for us. He's preparing a home in heaven for us. And I thought, you know, as as a parent, what's the one thing you want for your kids more than anything else in life? Now, I know you want them to stay out of jail. I know, I know you like for them to get straight A's, you know, and clean their room. You want to see them with the Lord forever in heaven. That happened with Chet. You know, Chet is with the Lord. I told Vicki and Bill, I said, you know, when, when I heard he was in heaven, I thought, I'm just relieved. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> he's, he's there. It's done. The greatest gift in all of life. Folks, this, even during Christmas, life is hard. It's painful. And pain comes into the lives of Christians. And you have had pain. Can I challenge you? Don't just react. Don't get angry. Don't try to brew over it. But also, don't ignore it. Because the pain that God is allowing you to feel about your experience is moving you toward Him, to trust Him in what His Word has said, that you can come to know the reality of His grace and the reality of His goodness. You'll say, you know, God is great, God is good, and it's not just a little saying, and it's not just a theology, but I know this personally. Corey Ten Boom she was uh, in the German concentration camps during World War II. Here's what she said. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. 
Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises. And all of the promises of God find their yes in him. And let us respond, Lord, by thanking you for the pain, thanking you for the loneliness, thanking you for the anger. Because all of these things, Lord, are designed to move us to intimacy and closeness with you. And I pray that we as a church would help one another through the times that we face in giving praise and glory to your name. Amen.